0: Welcome to an inspirational message recorded live at Little Falls Christian Centre.
1: This is the month for us of consecration, of high devotion unto you, Lord. We have great expectation for what you are going to do for us, Lord. Why would we separate ourselves if we do not have a great, but a great expectation for what you are about to do, Lord. The Word has been spoken. The prophetic Word, that is. Your Word goes before it all. It is a time to be holy. We were just singing, you are holy forever. And in you, we are holy forever. Therefore, Lord, touch our hearts this evening, wherever the people may be, That we truly, truly, but get it to become holy before you because you are a holy God. You have paid the price at Calvary and it still speaks today. Now be glorified in this night. Let your Holy Spirit go and speak to the hearts of the people. Minister as you please. And may Jesus Christ be glorified in all of this. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray this. Amen. Amen. Thank you, band. Good evening, people. Really, really always great to see so many people in the house of God. And it is really a month of high consecration for all of us. We know that some people have already started the fast prior to what we started in the church for for whatever your reason is, and that's fine. The bottom line is as one, as one, we are doing this. And I couldn't help in preparation. You know, God always takes you back as to the power of what Jesus did. The greatest, but the greatest gift today out there is still if someone gets saved. That's the greatest gift. That is the ultimate price that our Lord Jesus paid there at Calvary. And then you read the Word of God, and it pains you when you read this, because even here, the Word tells us that people are deliberately, purposefully, Walking away, listen to what he said in Proverbs 24. You can go there. I'm going to read four verses there just as a leading up to the message of this evening. Proverbs 24, verse 11, says, This, deliver those who are drawn toward death. Can you imagine? There are people drawn toward death. It says, and hold back those stumbling to the slaughter. Verse 16, for a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. This calamity here in Greek means you shall fall by natural or moral evil. And then verse 19, do not fret. In other words, do not be angry or burnt up, it says, because of evildoers, nor be envious of the wicked. For there will be no prospect for the evil man. The lamp of the wicked will be put out. We are busy in a time of high devotion with God. This is how we choose to go into this year. And we have exactly the opposite of so many people in this world. And many of you here knows this. You know this. I know this. That there are people who are deliberately choosing, open arms, going towards the grave Therefore, even in this time of fasting and consecration unto God, remember those people. Include them in your fasting. Praying for those souls. I have seen just in this week the power of praying for someone. And now that person has joined the Bible school. That's the power when you truly devote yourself to God and praying for someone. And when it comes to fasting, there are many examples in the Word of God when it comes to fasting. And they are all phenomenal, powerful stories and truths that we can glean from and learn from. But when Jesus was asked the question by some of the Pharisees and some of John's disciples, why weren't his disciples fasting He answered it this way in Luke 5, verse 35. He says there, But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. Then they will fast in those days. You see, for us as Christians, fasting is never an option. Jesus is pointing to the fact that there will come a time when we will fast when the bridegroom had left, he equates fasting year to mourning. We have so often abused the word fast and fasting for what God really intended it to be. For here Christ equates it to mourning. This world It's full of fasting. You read it all over. I'm amazed to see how many people are fasting in this world and how many recipes and how many great ideas there are of how to embark on a fast. But there's one thing common about all all the fasts that we find in God's Word. All of it, all of it equates to sacrifice. That's the first point I want to mention tonight. Fasting, for us as believers, is a sacrifice. If you're not prepared to sacrifice, then there's no point in fasting. You see, for every fast that you find in the Bible, all of these fasts had this one thing in common. It was abstaining from food in one form or another, sometimes food in total and sometimes certain types of foods. So the world has taken this and they are, sold, they are selling it and they have packaged it in a different way and a form. Fasting has become common and they've taken away the power of what God means when it comes to fasting. Most religions are fasting today And even people who are not religious, they even go on a fast. But yet at the end of that fast, they return to their former state. Their lives of bad habits and sin just continue. And that is because God is not in that. God is not in that. Jesus gave an example further then at the Mount of Beatitudes, how the fasting should take place. He said, don't go. He first warns them. There is a change in your fasting that must take place. Don't go and do it as all the Pharisees used to do it. It's a display for everyone. He says here in Matthew 6, verse 17, but you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting." Don't come and tell your family that you're fasting. Your work colleagues shouldn't know that you are fasting. It has got nothing to do with them. It's between you and God. And it is this that grabbed a man like A.A. Allen, who had never fasted in his life. He didn't know about fasting. He heard about this. And in the 1930s, when he was given the pastorate of a church in Colorado, He had this one thing that kept on driving him. He wanted to understand how do I get to the power of God? His spirit was yearning to understand how to obtain the power of God. He even says here, he says, fasting was something that was foreign to him and he had great difficulty in following through on fasting. Once he even fasted, And he prematurely broke his fast. And he said he was so severely rebuked by the Holy Spirit for breaking that fast prematurely. He went back into his prayer closet and he told his wife, shut the door. And it's in that moment on his knees that he had an experience with God that set him straight for the rest of his life. Listen to what happened to him in that prayer closet he says "Yeah, I began to realize that the light that was filling my prayer closet was God's glory, and that the presence of God was so real and so powerful that I felt that I would die right there on my knees. That's the fear of God. He says, then like a whirlwind, I heard this voice, and it was God, and He was speaking to me. He says, God was giving me a list of the things that stood between me and him. And as God listed all these things, he gave him the explanation of those things, of what it is that was to be done. And after he had written down, and there were 13 things that the Lord showed him, and after the last thing that he wrote down, God spoke to him again and he said this to him, this is the answer then when you have placed on the altar of consecration and obedience the last thing on your list, you shall not only heal the sick, but in my name you shall cast out devils. You shall see many mighty miracles, as in my name you preach the word. For behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. And he said, the Lord showed him, Those 13 things that he wrote down is what thousands of preachers and churches are struggling with themselves. When he heard this, he said to himself, at last, here is the price that I must pay to receive the power of God. Number five on that list, what the Lord told him. Let me start with number one because it's important what's the first thing that the Lord told A.A. Allen. You must realize that you can do no greater quality of miracles than Jesus. Number five on that list. You must deny your fleshly desires with fasting. If you want to receive the power of God in this time of consecration, You must deny the fleshly desires. Then number six, after this self-denial, you must follow Jesus seven days a week, the rest of your life, for the rest of your life. I bet you A.A. Allen never looked at fasting again through the same eyes. It changed the course of his life It is shocking to see the life that he lived. He was raised as a child, parents who were alcoholics, and for fun, they gave the children alcohol to drink so that the children would become drunk and they would have a live show. That is the house in which he grew up. But we see what God did with a man when he started consecrating his life to God. For us as believers, fasting starts with sacrifice. You see, when you sacrifice, we pull away from the pleasures and the luxuries of life. And when you pull away from something, by necessity, you are drawn towards something else. And if you are only drawn towards a better diet, or a different way how to eat certain foods, then you will find no joy in it. There's no longevity in it because the power of God is not in it. If the fasting doesn't draw you to God, then you're busy with the diet that you may as well end today because there's no power in it. God is not in that. The world sells it to us like that. That's not the price that Jesus Christ paid for. That's not the power that's available to us. If we really embark on a fast that we are sold out for God, that we seek Him, but we will not relent. We will not stop until we have an answer. That we know that the Lord is speaking to us. That you feel His presence and you know you cannot and you do not want to live without it. That's the fast that God wants us to yearn for because He's able to give that to us. For the born-again believer, the fasting that God is after is the one where we purposefully seek Him and draw closer to Him. Forget about the food. The sacrifice we make is because we deliberately choose to draw closer to God. You see, for the world, the fasting is you sacrifice of yourself through yourself. But for the believer, we sacrifice of ourselves through God and for God. We want to hear what He has to say. We want to know what His will and His plan is. And if we don't make Him the object of our fasting, then there is nothing that we are going to gain out of this. You will be sorely disappointed after your period of fasting had come to a conclusion because spiritually you would have gained nothing. Fasting is not a fun thing if we look at it from the perspective of the flesh, but it's a powerful thing when we look at it from the perspective of the spirit because then we become God conscious and God is the focus and it must never change from there. It must stay there. Because then fasting becomes real. Come for February, the last night of the Holy Spirit fire conference, when we as the church bring to a conclusion the fast that we are doing, If you are not a changed person by the 4th of February, then you've wasted your time. And tonight I'm saying to you, make right tonight with your fast. If this week or the time that you have been fasting has been just moving along and coasting, make it right tonight. Because I promise you this, if God instituted fasting, He wants for us to get something out of it so that we would be different, different and more in love with our God. I want to use an example of fasting because there are many in the Word of God. And I was immediately drawn to the fasting that our Lord Jesus did. So please go in your Bibles with me to the book of Luke, chapter 4. you also find this reference to this in the book of Mark as well as in Matthew, chapters 4, 1 and 2 as well. Let us consider how Jesus, our Lord, approached a fast. Luke 4, from verse 1, I read there for us. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing, And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. Just those two verses. Jam-packed, just those two verses. We will do a bit of unpacking here because I want us to really grasp what our Lord Jesus is teaching us with these verses concerning fasting. I want us to first understand this. When Jesus went into the desert, he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. He didn't eat anything and he didn't drink anything. Keep that in mind. This is what he was prepared to do. And you will find out why. The first thing that I want to point out, Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. He could not go into the desert, into the wilderness, into a fast by his own. He had to wait for 30 years. And I think when I was contemplating this and meditating this, I was thinking to myself, for 30 years, He watched around him, his fellow brothers and sisters and family members and loved ones walking around in darkness, seeing them in sin, seeing how lost they are and thinking, Lord, when is my time going to come? Because I see how my people are perishing. Something must be done. And it came at the age of 30 when he was baptized and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. When he was filled with the Holy Spirit, then... He was led by the Holy Spirit. You and I must know this. When you enter into a fast, you have got the Holy Spirit in you. You are filled with the same Holy Spirit that Jesus Christ was filled with. He though has got the Spirit without measure. We don't, but we've got the same Holy Spirit in us. And when you know this, you can with boldness enter your fast and walk into this fast. Next thing, Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. Interesting. He was obedient to be led by the Holy Spirit. When God goes before you, He leads the way, but He always goes with you. God has led all of us into a fast. He's there with us. We are not there by ourselves. He is there, right there with us. And then it says here, Jesus was tempted The word tempted here means that Jesus was tested and he was examined. He wasn't tested to fail. He was tested so that he would become the one who overcomes for us. I want to just quickly refer to two verses that proves why this is true. In Hebrews chapter 2 verse 18 it says this. For in that he himself, Jesus, has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. So temptation is going to come during this fasting time. Deal with that. That is a fact. Accept it. But it's not something to be feared. Because we have someone who's been there. He has suffered for us. That he's able to aid all of us who are being tempted. Then just... Two chapters on, chapter 5 in the book of Hebrews, verse 8. Though he was a son, capital letter S, yet he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. Jesus was tempted so that we would never have an excuse, nor a concern, nor a fear, nor a worry that we would not be able to overcome when we are tempted. Now the place where Jesus was led by the Spirit It's quite fascinating. You would think after Jesus was baptized, it would be a time of great celebration. Let's go to Jerusalem. All His disciples and all His friends probably thought, let's go to Jerusalem. We've seen the Holy Spirit come upon Him because they were present there when that baptism took place. Let's go and celebrate this. Let's have a feast. They heard the voice of God who said, this is my beloved Son. And yet the Holy Spirit led Him to a place, the wilderness. You see, Satan once came to the place of God and he tempted his people there in the Garden of Eden. Jesus Christ had a score to settle. He was going to the wilderness because he was coming for Satan. 40 days and 40 nights he did and he thought of you and I when he went into that desert. He was coming for Satan and he was ready. The word of God always refers to the wilderness or a desert spiritually as a place where Satan hangs out, so to speak. It says to him, when a person is delivered from any demons, those demons flees into the desert and into the dry lands to gather others, seven, that are worse than they are. The desert is the clubhouse for the demons. That's the wilderness, and Jesus went for that. He was not unsure of what was about to happen. He knew who he was, and he knew his adversary, but he had you and I in mind to going into that. And then He chose the way how He would come for Satan. He didn't call on the legions of the angels of heaven. He didn't call on the disciples and all His followers to come and help me in the wilderness. He decided I was going to fast because He was was only focused on hearing what God had to say. He had the Holy Spirit with him. He had all that he needed. He was consecrating himself, sacrificing himself, suffering all things in the flesh so that for 40 days and 40 nights, he was willing to suffer for our sake that we would never have to worry or give up up when we are suffering. He did it all for us. You see, the enemy, Satan, used the fast to discourage our Lord Jesus Christ. And He used it as a weakness, and Jesus used it as a weapon. Jesus used fasting as a weapon, hence the title tonight. Fasting, my dear friend, is a weapon that we have at our disposal. And what a powerful weapon it is. Because when we utilize, yes, let's give God a praise. we have got that weapon available to us. And only the true Christian, when you take this weapon into your fasting, you will be victorious because it will take you to a place where you move beyond the realm of the natural. You will not seek anything in the natural. The food that you are sacrificing will become absolutely obsolete and insignificant. Why could Jesus for 40 days and 40 nights only focus upon God? Because that is what he came to do when he he came to fast. You and I in our fasting can do exactly the same because that weapon is ours that we totally annihilate the power of the enemy because of the fasting that draws us into the presence of God where it's only our spirit connected to God's spirit. For truly the word says, walk in the spirit and do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit is, There is liberty, there is freedom. This is what we have as a weapon. This is such a powerful weapon to all Christians. And through all the ages, there are countless examples of how Christians have used fasting as a weapon. In 1859, America was pushing for a national revival. All the companies and all the Christians in the companies decided nationwide that they would go on a fasting. And during their lunch hour, They all agreed that they would fast. Every worker in America would fast during their lunchtime. In that hour, they would leave their office. They would go to the closest church nearby. And in that hour, they would go and pray. That's what all the Christians did in America. Two years later, more than a million people got saved. That's the power of fasting. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement or the Methodist faith, fasted all his life, two days, on a Wednesday and on a Friday. And he did not employ any minister unless that person was a person who fasted. D.L. Moody said the following about fasting. If you say, I will fast when God lays it upon my heart, you never will. Because you are too cold and indifferent to take that yoke upon you. That's what D.L. Moody said. Kenneth e. Hagan said this, Fasting doesn't change God. He's there before the fast, during the fast, and after the fast. Fasting changes you and I. That's the power of fasting. John Knox, who was a Scottish minister, spoke against the evil of the leaders of his day. So much so, he fasted and he prayed, and he said, Yeah, Mary, the Queen of Scots, said she feared no weapon like she feared John Knox's prayers. That is the power that's available to us, who are the ones who have consecrated ourselves purposefully and deliberately. I remember many years ago, before we had children, my wife and I fasted for a different outcome in our job situation. We trusted in God to provide for us that my wife would be at home so that when our children were born that at least for the first period of time that she would be there. But it was impossible looking at the obvious. Our salaries, our income could not provide for that. So we went into a 10-day fasting. And in the middle of that fast, I received a call, was offered a new job, out of the blue. But that's the power of fasting. But we continued with the fasting and finished the 10 days. We decided God answered our prayers, but what were we going to do? We both cashed in our pensions and we paid paid all our debt. So we just had the house to be paid. A year later, I got an increase that covered both the salary and my wife used to earn together. That's the power of fasting. And when we get this as a weapon, we have to load this weapon with ammunition. And there's only one ammunition that you load this weapon with, only one. Because when Jesus came out of the desert, he was tempted three ways. Those three temptations, Satan realized that for 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus didn't buckle under his pressure. Now he came for Jesus and he said to him, do something for yourself. Eat, make these bread, these stones, make them bread. Jump down this high building And obviously I'm paraphrasing here. But the Lord will take care of you. Bow down and I will give you the kingdoms of the world. Take care of yourself. You see, Satan was offering Jesus a kingdom without a cross. He was willing to give him slaves and Jesus needed servants. He was offering bread. And right in front of him stood the bread of life. He had no idea what he was doing. No idea. No idea. And every time Jesus responded, yes, the ammunition for our fasting," he said, "It is. It is written. Not what is said, not oral traditions, not the things that you and I have been taught by our grandparents and our ancestors before the time, all the cultures and all the things that they brought along. what is written? You load your weapon of fasting with the word of God. Whatever it is that you want, you speak the word of God. Listen to the last point that Jesus, sorry, that the Holy Spirit revealed to A.A. Allen. He said, you must believe all of God's promises. Only when he could fulfill this belief, this promise, was he able to walk in the power of God. Go to YouTube, go and watch and see all the miracles that A.A. Allen did. He knew where it came from. You see, Jesus put the word before everything else. When Joshua was leading the Israelites through the Jordan River en route to the promised land, before they could go and cross the Jordan River, the Lord spoke to him and said to him, tomorrow you let the priests go first and they carry the Ark of the Covenant. And when the priests who are holding the Ark of the Covenant Put their feet in the water. The waters will recede and it will split and a pathway will be made for you. Then only did Israel follow. Why the Ark of the Covenant? It was the Ark that was placed in the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle. That is where God's presence dwelt. God's presence go before us. And he opens the rivers and the waters and the difficulties and the hardships and the temptations that we may encounter. If you put God first, he will do that for you. I come in for a close. There's so much you want to say. Something just came to my thought. God's word is the only food you don't fast when you fast. God's word. Because here is the proof of it all, if I can summarize it all in this. Fasting is that which precedes breakthrough. The Bible is full of that. All the people that fasted, they received their breakthrough. So did our Lord Jesus when he went into the desert and he fasted. You and I are the proof of that. The breakthrough will come. It will come. God even sent Jonah into a city called Nineveh. And Jonah walked around. He resisted in the beginning because these were the people, the Assyrians were the people who took his people captive. That's why he rebelled against the instruction from God to go to Nineveh. And alas, when he went and he was walking in the city, he was shouting these words, repent for in 40 days, you will all be destroyed. And I think, Probably somewhere he had hoped, let it be so for them, Lord. Let it be so, because remember what they did to my people. And what did the king of Nineveh do? He came from his palace. He passed a decree that all the people shall enter into a fast wearing sackcloth and pouring ashes on the head and on the animals. And he said for 40 days, no animal and no human being will drink anything or eat anything. And the breakthrough came and the Lord was merciful towards Nineveh. That is the power of fasting. What are you doing with this weapon that you have at your disposal? Load it with the word of God in the time that lies ahead. Come Sunday week's time, we start with a Holy Spirit fire conference. If you don't have an expectation in this fast from God, then I want to urge you tonight. Get Real with what it is that you want in this fast. If at the very least, It is just this, to draw closer to God, then make that then your vow and your commitment to draw closer to God during this time of fasting. Because I say to you, God is willing and He wants to bring breakthrough upon all of His people, those who seek Him diligently with hunger and with thirst and who comes to Him in the name of Jesus Christ. Those are the ones that He wants to fill with glorious breakthroughs. He wants to push the waters aside, let you Walk through into the promised land that he had for each, that he has for each and every single one of us. And come Sunday night, come Sunday night, you must expect an elevation in this time of your fast. Now, start it now, make it count now, because the time is right and the time is ripe. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. When Jesus said it is written, you know that when he was tempted to jump off a building, can I ask the band just to come up? Thank you. When he said, when he was said to jump down that pinnacle in Jerusalem, Satan quoted Psalm 91, verse 11 and 12. But it's important to know what he quoted. Satan said, for Jesus to do this he said if you are the son of God throw yourself down from here for it is written he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you but he left a very critical portion out of that scripture because Psalm 91:11 says this for he will keep you in all your ways you see you only know the scriptures when you spend time in God It has been said many times in the last couple of weeks. The Bible school. Why are you still waiting? Why are you still holding back? If you want to know the word of God, there is no better place to come and learn it here. I promise you this. You will not be the same person after your year. You will not because the word of God has found you and you will rest In it, because it holds you up. That's what the Word of God does. I want to ask that we close our eyes for a moment. I do want to do this. Because when I started this thing, it it burdens me that the Word of God says, There are some of you who are drawn towards death. And you are stumbling towards slaughter. And tonight when you leave this building, I don't want it to be you. If you've never made Jesus Christ Lord of your life and you've never been serious with Him, even if you are fasting at the moment and you have not treated it as serious, I want you to consider to make that renewed commitment to God. So firstly, those of you who know that it is your time tonight, that you must, that you must come and call out to God and say, Lord, I want to receive Jesus Christ as Lord of my life because my life must change. And I change it tonight by being obedient to your word. Because the word of God says in Romans 10 verses 9, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God the Father raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. If that is you, I please want you to raise your hands whilst everybody's heads Or bow down please lift up your hands there wherever you are for me please do so thank you thank you and please keep them up thank you thank you praise the lord god is doing god is doing something here god has got an appointment with you thank you don't hold back tonight if you know that you are not where you're supposed to be in your walk with god And you want to make a decision tonight. Lord, I want to start even my fasting tonight. I want to increase my fasting. I want to improve because I want to increase my walk with you. I want you to raise your hand for me as well. If that is you, please raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, raise those hands. Don't hold back. I'm not going to drag this out. Because you either know or you don't know. If you are sitting there and you are doubtful, then you must raise your hand because only the enemy makes you doubtful, not God. Can I ask all those people there where you have raised your hand, can you just please stand for me? Because you are precious and I want you just to stand for me. Thank you. Please stand wherever you are. Thank you. Can I ask, please come to the front for me. Please come to. We would love to pray for you. You are that precious. Let's welcome. Let's bring them in. Let's welcome them. Please, please don't hold back. This is your divine appointed time tonight. Thank you. Look at what God is doing. Please. Please. This is a very special and precious moment for these people. And all of you who are sitting here, I know we were here once too, weren't we? We know what it's like. And tonight it changes for you. You must know this. It changes for you. You know this. I didn't call you out tonight. God did it for you. You just responded. Can I ask that the church, please raise your hands towards them. And whilst I pray, I'm going to lead you in prayer. All of you just look at me, please. I will lead you in prayer and you repeat after me because you've got a whole bunch of believers behind you that is praying the same prayer for you, for themselves, but also for you. So, everybody raising their hands, let's pray off to me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before your throne tonight. I confess my sins and ask you to wash me clean and forgive my trespasses in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I repent of my sins and I forgive. All people that have sinned against me. Now wash me in the blood of Jesus Christ. Filled me with the Holy Spirit. And I thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a praise for what He's doing with His people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Things are changing. I want to say to you, if any of you are not in a fast at the moment, join us as the church. If you do not know what it is or how to do it, contact the church. We would gladly help you to do so. And all of you, I want to see you next Sunday when we start the Holy Spirit Fire Conference. As God had an appointment with you tonight, He's not going to fail you come next week. That I guarantee you. You've been called out, and in the heavens, the angels rejoice because your names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life tonight. I want you to please stand to your left-hand side. Follow that, Pastor, for me. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to ask the band to be led to minister in music as they are led, and then we'll see how the Lord wants to move and how He wants to minister. Let's stay tuned in and connected with God. I do believe he wants to minister to people tonight.
2: This is my day, bread. Come on sing with me. This is my day, liberate. You
1: something in your heart and you want to minister and something just keeps on coming and then the band sings this song and it's exactly this now there are people here you are in a fast perhaps and you may be fasting for various things but it's this one thing this one thing that we want to pray for you this one thing if you are truly desperate for God to go to that next place in that fasting, in your own journey with God. But I mean that you are desperate. I'm not saying that you just want to hear a word from God. I'm talking, you truly are desperate from God. I want you to come here. And you're either going to know it or you're not going to know it. Because if it is you, you will not even think about it. You will come to the front. Because that is you. That is you who we want to pray for. If you are desperate for God, if you truly are desperate for God, And you must come to the front. And I want to ask that all the pastors please help in praying for this. As we lay hands on them for this. That you will receive that and you will have a meeting with God. Because you are desperate for Him. it up. still a baptism that is going to take place right after this. So if you, that person that is going to be baptized tonight, we want to ask right after this service, please make your way there to the baptismal pool. And whilst we were worshiping here, the Lord just reiterated something that was said this morning during this morning service. This year's Holy Spirit fire conference will be a different one. It will be the best. It will be the best. And none, none of us, none of us, God is going to look over. He will not pass us by. So prepare your hearts this week for this coming Sunday and the week that follows. If there ever was a time in our lives that we have to be ready for God, it is this time. Because how we do it this way will pave the rest of the year for all of us. Let's raise our hands to the heavens as we bring this evening to a close. And holy God, how can we thank you for what you are doing in the lives of your people? Your word went out. You ministered to your people. Your Holy Spirit is touching the lives of people. And Lord, I pray that you will keep us safe this week as we consecrate ourselves with renewed devotion in knowing that we have got the greatest weapon with us of fasting. And through the Word of God, we go into this week knowing then, Lord, that You will give us our heart's desires. And as we consecrate ourselves anew, with great expectation, we go into the todays and the tomorrows because You go before us and You prepare the place for us. Now, Lord, bless Your people as we all go our ways. I pray for safe travel. Send Your holy angels' charge concerning every one of us. May we have an extremely... Blessed and favored week in the week that lies ahead. Now the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. The Lord God bless you. The Lord God keep you and make His face shine so much on you that you will know it is His tangible presence more of you, God. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com